our customers come with their IT infrastructure, servers, storage, routers into our data center and we provide the environment for these equipment. We want that all data centers run on green energy and in the end we want to be climate neutral within a framework of 10 years. Don't expect success very quickly. It takes time to build something. This is CRNet TV. My name is Hendrik Deckers. I'm here today with Laurens van Rijen, who is the founder and managing director of LCL. A very warm welcome, Laurens. Thank you uh, for inviting me and uh, I'm happy to be here. So Laurens, you have a degree in economics from the VUB in Brussels mm -hmm. and you started your career more than 30 years ago. Um, you founded LCL almost 20 years ago. So tell us a bit more about yourself and, and, and why did you start LCL 20 years ago? So I, uh, I study, uh, studied economics and uh, after my studies I said, you know, I want to become an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, uh, immediately, you know, without any, uh, you know, um, um, uh, experience, I started like that. So uh, it was very difficult in the beginning, <laughs> uh, but also fun and, and as I didn't have a family yet or so it, it was like uh, <laughs> I had the time and I had the time to learn and then uh, 20 years ago, I uh, started uh, uh, a data center company. Uh, in fact, I took over the assets of uh, a data center which uh, was bankrupted uh, because the operator um, disappeared in the dot-com crisis. So I took over an asset uh, for almost nothing and then I started uh, the data center business, but I didn't know really what I started. So it was like, uh, okay, here I have an asset. I think I can do something with it. Yeah but I don't know yet what, uh, but uh, you know, it took us also uh, uh, six months to get the first customer and then suddenly it start, started rolling, so, um, okay. uh, so that was good. Um, so tell me a little bit, what is it that LCL does and what is it that you do really, really well? So uh, what does LCL? Uh, we are a, a company uh, doing uh, housing of IT equipment, mm -hmm. so our customers uh, come with their IT infrastructure, uh, servers, uh, storage, routers into our data center yeah. and we um, uh, provide the environment, the very safe environment uh, for these equipment. So we provide, you know, power, there's always power for our customers, yeah. there's cooling and of course uh, connectivity which is very important uh, for our customer base. Okay, so why is it that sustainability uh, is such an important topic in, in the data center industry? Well, uh, sustainability is important already from the beginning, I must say, because um, each, each month we receive a power bill <laughs> and you have to pay that. <laughs> and always the power price would increase a bit. Uh, so um, each time we looked at solutions to reduce the bill. Hmm? Uh, so that was a bit uh, in our genes, in our uh, DNA mm -hmm. that we have to do it. It's in general in our sector we we do this. Um, so each time when we do something new, we build something new, we look at uh, a more efficient data center. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, 10 years ago the, there was a, a metric called PUE, power usage uh, efficiency. Mm -hmm. uh, and this metric was introduced just by the idea that we need to do it more efficient. Okay. So um, uh, if you have uh, IT equipment consuming 1000 watts, we have to add 
for example, 300 or 400 watt for the cooling and for the losses in the UPSs and losses in the transformers. Mm -hmm. And we try to get this metric uh, as low as possible. But you cannot go to one. And, uh, no. You will always have, uh, have a loss. Okay. And so you, there, there's a European data center association. You, you play a driving role in that. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that association and the programs they implement? So uh, the European uh, Data Center Association um, has um, a policy group. Mm -hmm. uh, inside this policy group, uh, we, uh, we talked with uh, the EU. And last year, um, we, um, we did together with cloud providers, CISPI, which is an, uh, a cloud uh, provider uh, association, mm -hmm. uh, we decided to do a uh, self-regulatory initiative. Okay. So uh, it's voluntary, uh, you can join it. Um, and we defined some um, uh, things we wanted to do to, uh, in the self-regulatory -re framework. And that's, uh, first of all, uh, you know, have a low PUE. Mm -hmm. We think it's feasible for the data centers to have a PUE below 1.3. Mm -hmm. um, and we can sometimes do even better. Huh? Mm -hmm. So. Um, but um, we want to have for all the new builds out 1.3 and for all the old data centers, uh, and we renovate also data centers, mm -hmm. uh, uh, during the renovation, we need to attain also this 1.3. Okay. Secondly, I think, uh, you know, in some data centers, uh, the operator uses water and uh, yeah, water is a, scar a scarce uh, uh, product Resources. and a scarce resource. So we um, uh, we should use uh, you know uh, the lowest possible amount of water. Um, um. So um, that's a metric we are going to develop. It's not yet completely in place. Okay. Another uh, important thing is that all data centers run on uh, green energy. It's um, in, in, in Belgium, it's uh, uh, available. It's not so. Uh, it's easy to get. Maybe in other countries, it will be more difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, but we we want to have all uh, green energy uh, uh, using all uh, data centers green energy. And then uh, there's another metric, which is uh, recycling of uh, equipment, and it's the circular uh, economy. Mm -hmm. uh, we we should try to recycle uh, the IT equipment or uh, you know, use it longer, or use it more efficiently. So that's a, um, uh, uh, one of the um, uh, points we want to um, uh, raise. And then the last uh, point, which is uh, the most difficult one, is uh, to use uh, um, uh, the heat of the data center, do something useful with the heat of the data center, which uh, is, in my opinion, difficult, because uh, in the summer we, we have more heat uh, uh, coming out of a data center and in the winter we use uh, um, uh, less, uh, uh, we have less heat, so um, there's a bit of a mitch, uh, mismatch. Yeah. And also the, the heat is of a lower quality, so yeah. you, you cannot really use it in a heat net, uh, net uh, work, uh, you need to upgrade it to, uh, to yeah. a higher temperature. And so the goal is basically to have data centers that are climate neutral, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the end um, uh, we want to be climate uh, neutral within uh, a framework of 10 years. Okay. Uh, so that's much faster than uh, uh, other companies have to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the 
power usage effectiveness, mm. the usage of cooling uh, water, mm. reduce that, mm. uh, use the residual heat, if mm. possible, of the cooling water, go for green electricity, and reuse as much or the, the, the IT materials, get the, the scarce resources that are in there mm. uh, out as, uh, as well. Another point that I can imagine is you work with generators as well. Eh? To, uh, uh, there's a system if there's a, uh, a power, the power goes down first, you have the batteries and then the generators. Mm -hmm. How do you work with, with fuels and of the generators? Yeah, uh, the generators are, are emitting CO2 eh, mm -hmm. because it's a burning of fossil uh, fuel. Yep. So um, we have to do something about that. Um, uh, and, and sometimes when I talk to the technical people, uh, they test the installation, of course. Uh, yeah. We need to test that every month. And they just keep the generator running for, uh, let's say, one hour. Maybe yeah. they can reduce the time. Maybe we can do uh, something else, like uh, using uh, biodiesel. Mm -hmm. uh, or um, maybe in future, when we do a new investment uh, and the technology is available, we could uh, maybe use hydrogen. Yeah. Uh, so there, there will be uh, solutions and uh, you know, by talking about uh, this uh, with our suppliers, you automatically uh, get IDs mm -hmm. uh, and our people get IDs. Yeah. Maybe another solution is uh, because we, the power cuts are not so long, run longer on batteries and when uh, you don't have any power in the batteries, then switch on the generator. So the, there are many IDs uh, now uh, about uh, you know uh, this issue, yeah. and that's the good thing uh, because uh, if ev everybody starts thinking about it, mm -hmm. new IDs come up, yeah. and and that's uh, that's very important uh, to reach our goals. So what you're saying also, in fact, is that in our society, there's there's I mean there's a bigger awareness for sustainability now, and mm -hmm. that also it means that in our organizations there's a bigger awareness uh, uh, for sustainability. So that means that you need to create inside your organization um, uh, every, uh, every time more and more and more a higher awareness for, uh, for sustainability. How do you work on that cultural shift? Yeah, that's, uh, that's something you need to do. Otherwise, um, you know, if I uh, just say, okay, we want to do this and, and I don't have committed people, uh, then it will never uh, happen. So, uh, so we have to communicate about it. We have to uh, talk with key people in the company and say, can we do this differently? Uh, what are the thoughts? Uh, so you need to create a culture of uh, sustainability. Yeah. And then, um, then uh, ideas pop up. Uh, and maybe you have to send people to uh, a congress. Um, uh, so it's, it's, then it starts living yeah. and, and then you sh should do it continuously. Mm -hmm. So what we also did, uh, we calculated our own uh, CO2 uh, emissions. Mm -hmm. So uh, we had a company com coming in, a consultant, uh, uh, doing the calculations mm -hmm. and then explaining uh, uh, where the emissions are. Yeah. And then uh, so suddenly you get uh, surprises like, uh, you know, oh, um, our cooling system has small leaks of uh, gases and those are also uh, uh, emitters of CO2 yeah, because when they get into the uh, uh, open air. So uh, then suddenly people think, okay, uh, maybe we can use different gases or uh, maybe we can do uh, better maintenance. Um, so all these things, uh, you know, come up when you talk about it when you do these measure measurements, when then of, of course uh, what we are doing now is uh, 
we are applying um, uh, for the science-based uh, um, targets initiative, mm -hmm. uh, uh, which um, you know where you uh, really uh, put a target, and then uh, you know people have to work on it. Huh? You, you start measuring, and um, so that's uh, an initiative we started. Um, so you have to uh, do this, and this brings also for our people, uh, they want to do good things for Earth. So um, brings them also purpose, yeah. and I think even we can attract people because we are doing this. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's something else than doing always the same work. Uh, it's, it's creativity you yeah. create, it's... Uh, no. So creating a culture for sustainability mm -hmm. is, is good for the company itself mm -hmm. because you reduce your costs, I can imagine, mm -hmm. and it creates a culture of innovation. People need to be aware, and so that for that you need to make sure that you measure mm -hmm. and that you communicate. And mm -hmm. um, how do you work with your suppliers or, or, or with your clients? Is that mm -hmm. also a chain where sustainability is a, is, is a key factor? Yeah, we, we have around uh, 300 suppliers. Mm -hmm. So we need to start communicating with them about what we uh, want to achieve. Yeah. Uh, because they have to bring some of the solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to talk with our suppliers, for example, of diesel generators. Uh, talk about, you know, what can they do? what are their, their thoughts, uh, you need to involve them mm -hmm. and automatically the supply chain will follow. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the suppliers in the uh, supply chains uh, with uh, good solutions, uh, in the end, we will uh, implement it. Mm -hmm. Of course, it will have a cost. Uh, it's not a reducing cost. Uh, each time when we do an investment, uh, we, uh, we will have a look at the costs. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, if the cost is a bit higher than uh, you know a traditional system, uh, we don't care really mm -hmm. uh, because it's for the good. Um, uh, it, if it would be enormous cost, then maybe you would postpone it a bit and yeah. wait until you know um, uh, the, the prices come down. Uh, um, yeah. But I'm sure if if all the suppliers start thinking with us, you know, uh, also there will be a, col a culture with them helping us, uh, and that's the good thing about um, the, the climate neutral pact, because suddenly suppli uh, suppliers starting uh, to think about, okay, all these data centers are signing up, so we need to be part of it. Yeah. Mm? So uh, it's, it's a positive uh, vibe you create. Yeah. And do you also get more and more pressure from your clients then, that they uh, demand certain levels of, 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 I don't know, energy efficiency and so on? Um, yeah, the, when we uh, switched from uh, grey energy, and that was a long time ago, to green energy, that was because of the demand of the customers. Yeah. But um, uh, also customers are doing these uh, exercises. Yeah. Uh, customers are also looking at uh, sustainability. They have maybe uh, ESG programs yeah. and uh, part of that is of course the IT infrastructure. Yeah. And I think also um, um, IT managers, uh, CIOs uh, should look at their um, uh, installed base, huh? uh, look at their servers, uh, are they running efficiently, uh, can they run at higher temperatures, um, are they right-sized, are they um, uh, you know, optimized for a workload, um, so they can do also certain things. And they, of course, they use our data center, but they can also help us with more becoming more sustainable if they have a more sustainable policy. Okay, so thank you so much for sharing these insights on, on how LCL is becoming more and more 
uh, a sustainable uh, organization. Thank you so much for that, um, Lawrence. Now, you are um, an entrepreneur for 30 years, running uh, LCL, uh, CEO of LCL for almost uh, 20 years. What is it that really drives you? I mean, you have a passion for to, 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 uh, to develop things, I can imagine, but what is it really that drives you? When are you happy at the end of the, of the week, on a Friday evening, so this was really a great week? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy, uh, you know, in general, because, um, you know, uh, everything I do is, uh, you know, is, is something I like to do. It's, uh, I have a passion for uh, uh, what I'm doing. And I think our sector is not, it looks boring, data centers, <laughs> but it's not at all boring because I meet many new startups. I need, uh, meet people who have also success. Uh, for example, I had, uh, you know, uh, Combell as a small customer when they started and then I saw them growing like a you know a big player unicorn yep. and and that started in my data center so uh, and that's fun to see yep. uh, and it's uh, it's good to see that uh, uh, every year you have uh, something new mm -hmm. uh, technology is changing so, so fast and you see all these developments and now you see developments in 5G, in fiber to the home, uh, the hyperscalers. Um, so um, it's not at all boring. And if it's not boring, then uh, I, I would like to continue. <laughs> <laughs> so you're very successful as an entrepreneur. I mean, you've built quite a company. But I'm sure that on the way you have learned uh, a lot of things and you've made your failures as well, like we all do. So. So uh, would you mind sharing what was one of maybe one of your most brilliant failures and what you learned from it? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the biggest failures was when I, uh, you know, we, um, uh, I had Eurofiber and uh, I was the founder of that company and we had investors and they were all, all the time saying, you know, you need to expand, you're burning not enough cash. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, at a certain point, uh, you know, the, the dot-com crisis uh, came and then suddenly they, yeah, you know, they, the mind shift they made and said, why did you spend so much money? And, uh, and then uh, how, how could you do that? And, uh, you know, we, we rented, we had uh, 200 people, so it was not so uh, nice to make a lot of people redundant, but we had to do it to save the company. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I had a terrible time uh, of uh, six months going to every supplier and make an agreement with him. Uh, so uh, we finally managed that. Uh, and at the same time, we needed to have uh, three customers uh, uh, because we, we had a complete empty network. Uh, just finished and we didn't have any customers. So it was really a challenge in these difficult times of restructuring, finding these, uh, you know, uh, signing these three customers yeah. uh, to survive the company. And we managed that, but, uh, you know, it was a terrible time. And then when I, when I looked at uh, the financial crisis uh, that happened suddenly also, mm -hmm. I, I, I was really, it was like a film, you know, <laughs> that happened also in the, in the technology sector, yeah. right, the dot-com crisis. Yeah. And the same a bit with, you know, what happened to many uh, companies in the in the corona uh, time mm -hmm. uh, so much change and for some companies it was really difficult yeah. 
and, and it's, uh, I, I never forget what happened then. And I said, I don't want to have that you so, know, so uh, anymore again. Uh, so it's, uh, I'm more prudent now. <laughs> <laughs> so what was for you the most important learning from that? Is, is always keep an eye on your cash flow or, or first find clients and then build, <laughs> build what they want? Or what, what's, what was for you, I mean, for the dot, uh, the dot, com, dot com crisis, let's say, mm. or the, the period, what was your main learning there? Well, uh, uh, the main learning was uh, that uh, uh, investors can change quickly uh, their minds, their minds <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, yeah, suddenly uh, everything changes mm -hmm. and then you need to go really into a kind of survival mode and, uh, you know, uh, 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 take initiative mm -hmm. because uh, many companies went bankrupt because managers just uh, closed the door and yeah. said, we filed for bankruptcy. So uh, we really fought at that time with a small team to survive the company. And that mm -hmm. was, uh, uh, well, it was not fun, but uh, the end result was good because yeah. later on this company became uh, very, uh, very, very uh, big. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so you're the CEO of the company. How do you see your role? If you look at your agenda on, on an average week, where do you spend most time? What is, what is, what is really fundamentally the, the added value that you bring to the company? So, well, if you look at the, the change over time, so in the beginning we were with, with two people and then uh, I did even the patching in the meet me room. So the cross connect, uh, but then later on each time when you hired new people, you know, you, you uh, delegate that your to somebody changes. and your role changes, uh, yeah. changes all the time. Um, uh, so um, now I have a management team. Uh, uh, they take uh, their responsibilities and, and that's uh, the, I have a very good team. So, uh, and that makes also uh, uh, my life easier, mm -hmm. um, but also my role uh, changes. Yeah. Yeah? And, and, and now I can work more on strategy. Mm -hmm. I can work on uh, maybe more the fun side of the, the, the business. Mm -hmm. I can talk more with, with customers. Um, so uh, it's a completely different role. Um, probably I'm, uh, you know, half of my time working more or less on strategy and talking with personnel, uh, looking uh, at the future, what can we do better, uh, coaching people. Uh. But it's a capital and, uh, heavy um, business that you're in, no? You, you need a lot of financing and so on. To, you need to do a lot of upfront investments in, in, in real estate and so on. So it's mm. not necessarily an easy business. Eh? No, it's not so easy uh, because uh, uh, customers will not uh, buy uh, on a plan. Uh, so they want to see the space yeah. uh, because, because they want to move in in six months. So yeah. you cannot build a data center in six months. So we need to always to uh, pre-invest. Yeah. Um, but of course, uh, over time you build a cash flow, which allows you to, um, uh, to uh, uh, build already some space uh, for the future. Um, so uh, that's good. And then uh, w w one of the nicest thing we did in the in the last period, we signed also a hyperscale customer. So that's a cloud provider uh, who's uh, entering Belgium. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was also a, you know a bit of game changer for our company, able to do that. Um, and yes, uh, we um, we invested nearly every year. I don't remember one year without any investments. Mm -hmm. It started with small investments. Yeah but each time it becomes uh, larger and 
the, the, the investment we are now doing is uh, 28 million. So we, we need the support of, of course, of uh, infrastructure funds who uh, help us with financing uh, okay. these investments. And you st still see your business and, and your category that you're in, there's still a big future, there's still a big growth, or there's, there's not an, uh, a potential that the hyperscalers are going to take, take away your business? Yeah, well, uh, every five years I'm uh, thinking about, you know, what will happen? Uh, will our business uh, still exist in, uh, in the coming years? And uh, what are the new trends? Yeah. Yeah, and suddenly you have the cloud, you know, will it kill our business? Or well, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't uh, kill our business, so, uh, so that's good. Um, but you need to, you know, follow all the trends, uh, maybe, you know, compute will become very small or there will be new techniques, uh, uh, sustainability uh, becomes important. So yeah. then you say, okay, we need to have a strategy for that. So um, that's... Uh, and that's why that's your focus today. Yeah, that's why you, uh, why a CEO uh, should, you know, work on that together with, uh, you know, um, uh, with your team, but also, you know, look around, see what other data centers are doing, what are the trends. Um. Okay. Now, looking back at your 30 years career, uh, Laurens, um, and, and these videos are watched by, by young, dynamic and, and ambitious uh, people. If, if um, people are watching also want to become a successful um, business owner, a successful entrepreneur, what would your advice be? Or what would your advice be to your younger self when you were 25 or so? So, so what is it that you could advise um, ambitious entrepreneurs to become also successful CEOs of, of a technology company? Yeah, so um, um, I think you need to uh, dream a bit. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, <laughs> it will be very difficult. Um, mm -hmm. And also, um, on your way, uh, you will see opportunities. Uh, don't focus on one thing, maybe, uh, you know, you do something and then suddenly you see, okay, uh, here is the, you know, uh, the, the spot I want to be in. So you, you need to stay open-minded. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, don't expect, uh, you know, success uh, very quickly. Yeah. It takes time to build something yeah. and, and also you have to learn yourself. Uh, you, in, in the meantime, when you're doing things, you, you, you have to learn and um, you have to develop yourself. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're young and ambitious, uh, maybe you want to do uh, things fast. And uh, so um, in the meantime, you need to learn you're not only uh, you know, about your market, but also you know, about you know, management, mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. Yeah. And uh, I recommend one, a very good book, which is uh, Beyond Entrepreneurship. 2.0. It's a, a book written by uh, Jim Collins. He uh, wrote a book, a very successful uh, book, uh, Good to Great. But that's more for bigger companies. Uh, that's for very large companies who um, uh, change and, and become very successful. But he wrote also a book for entrepreneurs. And that uh, is funny because the book was written 20 years ago. And he did an update last year. Okay. So all the things he learned from, uh, you know, larger companies were added in extra chapters. So I recommend somebody who's, uh, you know, an entrepreneur, even uh, like me, uh, to read, uh, you know, once in a while such a book yeah. because uh, uh, it gives you ideas. Yeah. 
Okay, thank you for that tip, uh, by the way. I really uh, in, uh, appreciate that. So, Lawrence, thank you also for your time and for coming here to our to our studio. Uh, I enjoyed talking to you uh, about your business, about uh, sustainability, and uh, so all the best to you and thank you so much. Thank you.